Hey, friend Dale, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to our Dark Side of the Ring review show. You asked for it, so we're doing it. We're going to go over review season one. You can check out uh, uh, season one. It's available. I, I do it the legitimate way, man. I go on there on the YouTube channel, on the YouTube series playlist. It's all for, for purchase, like HD at three bucks and SD for like... Uh, I don't know, two bucks or whatever. So I also uh, yeah. it's all on demand on uh, on on Xfinity. If you have uh, what Vice, Viceland, whatever. Oh, station okay, on. cool, right on. So part of your package. Yeah, you can get there too. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a bunch of like YouTube links that you can get. Just you just watch it for free. But you know, I want to I want to support man and doing exactly. it your way, doing it my them. way. It's it's a support. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, it's a great show. We should support it. Yeah, uh, not in terms not only in terms of our viewership. But uh, 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 support it so they make some money off it. Yeah, so for they sure. can keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we're starting with uh, season one, episode one. Are, do we know? Are, are there 10, 8? How many episodes are there? I think this there's season? only six. Oh, or six wow. Okay. Season one. Okay. So, uh, this is um, a match made in heaven. Uh, of course, uh, documenting Macho Man and Elizabeth, uh, their relationship. And, uh, and, you know, as far as first episodes go, uh, the funny thing about this is that so it's called Dark Side of the Ring, and I I really do believe that there is. I thought that there was a lot more to mine from the dark side aspect of things than was actually presented in this episode. I feel like you mentioned this. I'll let you say it because you mentioned it off camera first, but I felt the exact same way. What did you tell me off camera? I felt like. This episode of Dark Side painted a, a, a much rosier picture of the Macho Man Elizabeth story than WB's own documentary on Macho Man did. <laughs> um, yeah. Granted, that was longer, so maybe they felt like they had more time to to go into the the dynamics of their relationship a bit more. But there's things I felt like they were just briefly touched upon in Dark Side that went to far more detail in the WB documentary. And uh, I don't know, it felt like in terms of of his obsessive nature, his paranoia. It kind of just went over. I mean, it, apart from the the stuff with Linda Mc or Linda McMahon, <laughs> uh, uh, Hogan's former wife Linda. Yeah. Um, like she told the story of of, of Elizabeth coming down to Miami, um, stay with them for a while. And while she was there in Miami, she apparently, you know, just kind of. Uh, uh, my, my my understanding is that she was coming down to stay with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then she ended up not doing that. She she ran into some guy who had an extra room, evidently, and then she stayed there instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my take on it is is similar to yours. I don't remember much of the, but I, I remember the general idea of that Macho Man doc that you're talking about. My thing about this is having, I probably just from having seen that and just. Macho Man's behavior as it pertains to Elizabeth was abusive. It wasn't. Now, it might not have been, hey, she's got uh, uh, bruises on her eyes abusive, like they claim it was later on with, with Lex Luger. Um, but it, it, that that level of, of possessiveness uh, and, you know, coming down to Miami and acting, you know, like that kind of stuff was to a degree acceptable back in the eighties where it's not like it, these days that is not, it's, it's been revealed. It's been accepted now that that's not acceptable behavior. This is like, like that level of possessiveness is like, is basically like you can consider it illegal because like you can get restraining orders for that kind of behavior. Um, 
it, you know, I feel like they went too much in depth with the actual stories that were being told in the ring as opposed to, I mean, they really could have shortened the amount of time they spent talking about the actual angles that were involved. You can talk about how they relate to what was going on in real life while minimizing what was actually happening. Like, I don't know. Bruce Pritchard was there for so much of this, but I don't really know how much he was necessary because he was really just talking about like the stories that were playing out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought that like they did, I thought that they, they really sort of, painted as you say a rosier picture than it was with macho man and elizabeth and that's why i was actually kind of surprised watching this that you know i was like because especially this season this season of dark the season two was really a no they didn't pull a lot of punches like they really Mm -hmm. went for you know telling it trying it seemed it felt like look every documentary has a has a narrative it has an approach Totally, totally totally But, you know, they really did try to hit at the human emotion behind the darker aspect of these things. Like, you know, on the Dino Bravo episode, they went heavy on his daughter and his ex and his widow. And, you know, that was really powerful stuff. And you see how these people are affected by these events. Now, in this case, you know, Macho Man's no longer with us. Elizabeth is no longer with us. They didn't interview any of her family. Um which I don't know if they were if they were really contacted. the only uh, member you could say of the inner circle mm-hmm. uh, as it pertains especially to Macho Man in the eighties was was uh, uh, Hogan's ex wife Linda and I thought she I thought she was really good I thought mm-hmm. that she painted uh, as a bleak a picture as as it was yeah. um, uh, she was actually she's actually very charming she actually comes off as a very charming person. Um, I didn't watch any of the. I don't. Was she on the Hogan reality show back in the day? I think she yeah, was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't was. watch much of that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was actually kind of disappointed that they uh, they, you know, to put it in context, the number of times I heard the phrase, he just really loved her. No, he wanted to own her. That's a different thing. Like, I know there's it, it is a complex thing and there's all sorts of shades of gray. And I'm sure he did love her. But, you know, that kind of behavior is somebody trying to take ownership of another person. Um, so I, that that was a bit I was like, oh, man, really? They're going to go this route with it because they sort of went there kind of early on. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I thought that was, you know, that was it was what it was. Um that was that was like my biggest takeaway from it, to be honest. With yeah, you. I mean, there's 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 that. Um, as you mentioned, season two, they really try to go to the heart, uh, the emotional uh, core of each story, and maybe they really couldn't do that with this because so many of the players who's left, uh, yeah, yeah, aren't with us, yeah. Or it seemed like uh, Macho Man kept a very tight circle. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it was it seemingly you know until his falling out with Hogan. It was himself, mm-hmm. his Elizabeth. It was Hogan. It was his wife. It was his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apart from that, we don't really get much else. Yeah. Even even uh, even Lanny Poffo, you know, like he, you know, that's his brother. I didn't I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of uh, granted. I think if I remember correctly, uh, he was interviewed for the WB uh, Macho Man doc as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember him. Like in this, I don't feel like there's any more details regarding Macho Man's life. You know the the story they're focusing on focusing on that wasn't already provided in, in, in the WB one. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, which you know, was, we're yeah, so used to WB, Craig, WB. That was a pretty extensive. They went over his like early baseball stuff and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're so used, I think, to WB doing uh, more or less puff pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, just kind of broad generalizations of people's careers mm-hmm. and their documentaries. They can still be incredibly well done and and, and effective. Yeah, but Macho Man is one of the, the first ones I remember correctly that really went into uh, uh, more, shall we say, com- complex aspects of his persona mm-hmm. not just in the ring but out of the ring yeah um and and you know i i don't know if they pulled punches on that but it didn't feel like they pulled many yeah no it doesn't and in fact i recall that i recall that documentary being a much harsher indictment on macho man behind the scenes mm-hmm. um i mean look a lot of people by by a lot of different accounts uh, the boys all really loved Macho Man. Mm-hmm. Um, like Diamond Dallas Page has spoken very highly of him. A lot of people. What's have the last thing? What's the last thing Bruce Pritchard uh, said in this in this in the Dark Side episode? I think he said, "I'll paraphrase." Macho Man was a really good guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have no doubt that's the case. It's just a relationship with Elizabeth, which you know is is a bit more, you know, is, is a bit more ripe for you know some for investigation, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, if the theme of the episode, if the theme of the series is dark side of the ring, then I wanted I want to look at how these lives are affected within the world, within the context of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. What are their lives? Out, you know, we're presented in front of the camera with a story, with a narrative, sometimes like a fairy tale esque story, as in the case of Macho Man and Elizabeth. Yeah. And you know, I want to know how what the juxtaposition is behind the scenes and I feel yeah. like they they glossed over that a little bit. Um there are a couple things that that struck me as interesting in terms of like the details. Uh Eric Bischoff's thoughts and opinions and feelings on Lex Luger were fascinating to me because so he goes into this, he goes like, you know, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, we have heard Eric Bischoff talk about Lex Luger during the his professional career as somebody he he didn't like professionally or personally yeah lots of flattering terms yes don't know why but it continued to this still don't know why yeah and then luger ends up shacking up with miss elizabeth that's weird because he's married with kids and he puts her up in a place in the same complex as his family which is weird beyond belief yeah then they end up uh, uh, spending a night uh, getting loaded on drink and pills. She ends up dying. You hear his really unsettling 911 call mm-hmm. where the lady is begging him to try to revive her. And it just sounds like he's sitting there either, you know, loaded off his freaking mind, not knowing what to do or where he's at. Because he's just like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. Yeah, and, Or he's so basically paralyzed by fear and, and grief that he's unable to do anything. That could be. Um, or a combination of the two. Yeah. So uh, and then so in 2017, Bischoff brings him on the podcast. And when they're asking him on his podcast and when the producer asks him, hey, you know, what were your feelings about bringing him on your podcast? And he says, well, they were very complex. I didn't know at the time if I should have. I didn't know how I would feel about this, but we did it. And then Luger tells his piece. And then he says, I, I believe him. I think he's honest. And I have a whole new respect for him. I feel like there was a chunk of. Of, of of dialogue there from Bischoff that's missing because I didn't understand where he made that leap to because if Luger was sort of the impetus of of this route that Elizabeth ended up taking uh you know all of a sudden he's like oh yeah he's you know he was there when she died you know he was they they were getting loaded I guess on. my understanding was 
and I don't know the basis of Bischoff's beef with Luger prior to this, but I guess my understanding of, of that was Bischoff didn't like him for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, maybe he, his expectations of Luger on the podcast were, were, were relatively low in terms of taking responsibility for his part and all that. He might he, he thought he might have been defiant going in or something like but that. But my understanding is Bischoff saw Luger take responsibility, mm-hmm. be contrite, yeah. Uh, uh, and because of that, he's like, "All right, I, I have respect for him now because he's taken responsibility." Yeah, that could be. That could be. I mean, the only knock I've ever heard on Luger, although I loved, I loved when they introduced Lex Luger into the narrative. And who was it that said? I, th- I think it was Hall. I think it was Scott Hall who said. Uh, he said, uh, "You know, the thing is, there's there's nothing wrong with him." Like you, he's perfect. Like there's nothing wrong. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Anyways, um, uh, I the, the only knock I've ever heard on Lex Luger, um, is that I some maybe it was the Bruiser Brody thing, or maybe it was later down the line, is that he had a bit of an ego on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a big of a, a bit of a big head. But again, as Scott Hall says, if you're perfect, you should you probably do have a big ego. Um, so uh. So I mean, maybe that was what Bischoff didn't like. Maybe he felt that you know uh, uh, Larry Fall was uh, was just Had a bit you know, of an inflated sense of himself. Given, was just uh, fall of himself. Yeah, there you go. Huh? That was terrible. Sorry. It was bad. It was yeah. bad. Um, I wasn't even aware that Luger appeared on uh, Bischoff's podcast a few years back. I was not aware of that whatsoever. Neither was I. No. Um, you know, I mean. That that was that was kind of in, that was just, that was just interesting. He kind of sad. Also, what was kind of sad was, or what was I don't know, kind of interesting slash sad. And again, maybe it was a reflection of like, Macho Man's not around to be reflective on the event surrounding her death. But when that uh, journalist or whoever it was mm-hmm. approached Macho Man and said, "Hey, you know, we lost Miss Elizabeth. What's your take on it?" Um you would have thought his response would be a bit heavier, a bit more emotional. And maybe it's just because the macho man is used to being the macho man on camera. He separates that from the moments in his life where he is more emotional, you know, maybe crying or whatever. But like him and Elizabeth, they had quite the history. And and he's like, oh, you know, we got our closure. We haven't talked for five or six years. I feel bad for her family. And I was like, that's kind of a it's like when when John Lennon died. Uh, a reporter approached uh, McCartney outside his house yeah. like a day yeah. later. And uh, and McCartney said, oh, that's a drag. But when and then and the, the papers roasted him over it. And he was like, well, that's sort of out of, out of context, because, you know, when I was saying that it was just the only words that I could really think of because I've been hit so hard by this. And so it was it wasn't. Oh, it's a drag. It's oh, it's a drag. Like mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't have the words for stuff. Exactly. Um so exactly. I, I thought that was kind of interesting um, that Macho Man was, I mean, you know, he was, they said at the beginning of the show, you know, back then when Macho Man was on the rise, you lived your gimmick in, you know, on Inside, camera and outside off the camera. ring. Yeah. 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 If you're crazy in the ring, they expect to be crazy outside of the ring too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's maybe one aspect they could have explored more um, was, was any of Macho Man's paranoia, possessiveness, uh, kind of that spring forth from having to live that gimmick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know how much of that was rooted in his character as Macho Man, as opposed to uh, uh, Randy Poffo. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it, Eddie, I just don't know. Um, you know, like Bruce, uh, Bruce Pritchard kind of talked about it, where, you know, uh, exploiting, you know, uh, real life storylines behind the scenes on camera. And sometimes, uh, you know, it crosses over too much, but mm-hmm. not a whole lot of detail about that. Yeah. Yeah. Although I did. They, you know, the stories of him locking Elizabeth in like a different dressing room, they actually explain that one. You could actually see the reason with that. Well, they, they say that there's wrestlers pooping in, in people's uh, luggage and stuff. Yeah. With just how rambunctious and, you know, this is the complete, I would imagine just from anecdotally what we've heard, it's a much different time, you know, than it is now. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you can kind of see, you can kind of under, like, I'm not sure, like, you know, Lacey loves to be, you know, one of the boys, uh, and she likes to, you know, she's always been friendlier with like guys and girls, but I could totally see why I wouldn't want her around a bunch of dudes like shitting in bags and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, who would want that? Um, so, but yeah, no, I don't know the, uh, I, I do feel like it was sort of a missed opportunity to explore some deeper things there. Definitely, definitely. Um, and, you know, there, 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 there seemed to be a, a shift in terms of approach, in terms of pro, 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 approaching stories from uh, the emotional core of whatever story is being told. Mm-hmm. Based on most of what I've seen from season one, I haven't seen all the episodes. Uh, the Bruiser Brody one is an, is the exception because they have Tony Atlas uh, telling his side of the story. Mm-hmm. And it gets pretty darn emotional. Yeah. There. So I guess maybe it's the situation like the next episode, uh, Montreal screw job. Um, you know, that's more of an informational thing. Yeah, I guess I know Bret Hart was heartbroken over the situation. Uh, nonetheless, it, it's, it's more like, Hey, this is more the backstory of how that came to be. Uh, the bruiser Brody one gets really to the emotional core of that story. Right. Right. Um, I can't remember that. I watched the Von Eriks one, but I'm so familiar with that material. Having watched the WCCW documentary. Um, I don't recall if there's really anything uh, new in that one. Mm-hmm. I think that's all of them I've seen from season one. I never saw the Mula one. Mm-hmm. I never saw the Gino one. So, yeah, I saw I saw a lot of the Mula one, and uh, yeah, hearing just all the all the people talk about her, it's man, it's it's pretty rough. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, look, this is this is like the very first episode they did, so you know you can't <laughs> expect them to be firing on all cylinders. But you know the format is there, and I think it was with Dutch Mantel doing the narration. Yep. Okay, I think he I does thought. the narration for most episode one. Yeah. Okay. Or season one. Sorry, season one. Right, right, right. Um. So uh. So yeah, no, it, it you know it is what it is. I I do kind of wonder though. I mean, we sort of talked about it. I wonder if just the fact that like nobody's left to really get to the emotional core of this. It is an it is an interesting story. But, you know, it's one of the reasons why it's so great. I think the more resonant episodes are the ones where the major players involved are still um, around to tell their story, yeah. are able to tell the story. And, that you know, that's always the most powerful way to go. But yeah. uh, so wait, uh, what do we know? What the, what is the next episode? What's episode? Uh, Montreal Screwjobs next? Episode. OK, cool. That'll be fun. That'll, that's a fun one. Um, cool. Anyways, uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this and, uh, yeah, we'll do this for this run of episodes and then I don't know. We'll yeah, figure next, out something. next, next five weeks, next yeah. six weeks, we'll do this. And after that, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Everything's up in the air. Seemingly with everything in the world. Anyways, thanks everybody. Appreciate you tuning in till next time. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye.